Welcome to the School Connect podcast. At School Connect, we know it takes a village to help every child reach their full potential. So, each episode, we'll hear stories of normal people who became heroes, solving community problems in powerful and creative ways. We know these stories will inspire you to create the change you hope to see. Tracy, happy new year. How is it that we are already in 2023? It feels like we just... Hard to believe. It's hard to believe. Feels like we just entered 2022. I don't know about you, but I feel like as I get older, the days go by faster. I don't know if that's because I'm getting older or if things are changing or what, but it's just bizarre. There's a scientific reason that that is true. That oh, really? older people feel that. And I'm trying to remember what it is, but I remember studying it because this kept on feeling like, how could it be true? And it is. Our perception of things is that it goes faster than when you're younger. So and and so I'll have to look that up and be able to say that to you in another podcast. Now that Well, you, you know, it really doesn't apply to you and I because we're not older. Oh, so no. we should oh, yeah. we should research that for others. A hundred percent. I'm I'm on your page. I'm going to blame it on technology and the fact that the world just goes faster because of technology. That's oh, what I'm going to blame it on. Part of it, yeah. Your yeah. your mind is scattered in one million different things going super fast. Yep, I think that does impact it. So, as you think of 2023, what are you most excited about? Well, I guess I'm excited because I get to do two things. One is I get to see more communities uh, surround schools. And do beautiful work. And, and, um, I love that. That inspires me. It's kind of a reason for being, but I also get to go down into the microcosm of grandchildren's experience of school. So five mm. of my grandchildren are in school now and I, and uh, two of them are in kindergarten. So I get to see their experience of kindergarten and I get to see from inside, from the family perspective, from the little ones perspective and then. I know some of these schools, so I get to see it from that perspective, and it's just a beautiful thing. So I, I'm excited about having both of those views. Nice. And that will be very instrumental as you continue to lead and guide School Connect. I think it will, yeah. I, you know, it makes me, it gives me empathy, really, for everybody in the system, in the ecosystem, right? right? Gives me a perspective, right. which I really appreciate. Right. Well, as we dive into today's topic, what we wanted to kind of do is is just kind of keep it a conversation between you and I as if we're having a cup of coffee and let our audience kind of listen in on that conversation. And I think everyone would agree, myself included and you included, that um, schools are kind of a lightning rod right now. There's a lot happening around schools and communities and a lot of good things, a lot of challenging things. And just in general in society... It just feels like we're in this really intense sports event mm-hmm. and there's two sides and we're keeping score and we're going to do everything it takes to win. Do you feel that way just in general in society? Almost, I mean, not in a fun, healthy way like you would have at a football game, but in kind of this really intense, like we're out for blood way. Do you feel that way or feel that? In, yeah, I, that experience? I would say there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding, I think, between different people, different groups of people. Um, and and that's kind of painful because we all want something good for kids. Right. I think that right. that's a core. And and then different perspectives and experiences are leading us to not always have real conversations about those things. So. Right. 
I do feel like there's a lot of misunderstanding um, out there. And man, I just want to, I want to help change that. Agreed. And that really is kind of the goal of School Connect is to, to come around the communities and schools and help the schools become stronger, which produces stronger kids, which, you know, impacts the community, but at the same time, also have a positive impact on the community. And I thought it would be kind of a good place for us to start kind of for give us the Cliff Notes version. How did School Connect get started and where did your passion come from on this topic? I think, you know, I've said this so many times, but I see it every single day, which is that the needs of a neighborhood or a community, a town, a city are found inside that school. And that it becomes so obvious if you need more students to graduate and go into certain industries because those industries are prevalent and they don't have enough people, there you are. That The need is right there and there's the answer in that school. Or maybe there's food insecurity, which, um, you know, with prices going up, inflation is really a true challenge right now. And oh my gosh, look. There are families that don't have all the food they need, but there are resource centers and faith communities and community centers that have food. So let's make sure that the need and the resources connect, right? And so right. that was that big aha moment for me when I realized schools are a portal to everything that is happening in the neighborhood. And so, wow, gather the community together and kind of the diversity that is present in a neighborhood. So businesses, nonprofits, government, faith communities, anybody really in a neighborhood has something to offer. They get, if they're part of the community, they could be a member of a village around a school and have something really powerful to offer that that school needs. And then also like what we all need, every community needs, every child needs is connection, relationships, support, uh, friendship, people who care about them and me and you. Right. And so it's really a beautiful thing to build those kinds of communities that surround schools, but also because the community becomes a community with each other. Right. And that's a powerful antidote, I think, to a lot of what's been happening, um, uh, the kind of the polarization that's happening in our culture right now. I agree. And I think what's what's exciting is we all love what comes out of this conversation, the end result. But we really have to kind of go back and take a step back and say, what are some of the challenges that might get in the way or trip us up and getting to that end in mind? Because what I have seen is oftentimes the community members, everybody wants the same thing Mm -hmm. at the end. They want school and they want to take care of kids. They want schools to be productive. They want their communities to be healthy. They all want the same thing. But in typical relationship fashion, uh-huh. we all have a different way of going about that. So what would you say is the biggest challenge that you see when a new community member sets out to partner with the school or vice versa? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I first of all think that we all have our agendas in life. You know, if I'm coming as a business leader, I might want more business or I might want to give back to the community something that I have to offer which is wonderful, but it might be that they have kind of an agenda in their head that they're bringing to a school, to a principal. And that could be something the school needs and could be good news, or it could be that that's not really where the school is at. And so the first thing I think is 
in any relationship, it means that you need to have empathy for what is the other person um, thinking? What do they need? And that chance to not come with an agenda, but actually maybe listen, ask some really good questions right. and use um, empathy to figure out what does partnership mean to them? And that's two-sided. You know, that's from the school side. They need to be able to be clear about what it is they're trying to work on. Are they trying to support teachers or, or are they are they trying to really change the school culture and make sure that every child feels like they belong and that there isn't bullying or, you know, or is it an academic achievement issue, third grade reading that is, you know, really a problem and they're really focused on that. And then on the other side, you want the same thing to happen from a partner. You want them to say, well, this is what I have to offer and this is what partnership means to me. So it's listening, it's empathy and, um, and not, have, not starting with an agenda. Yeah, I think that's that's really good words of wisdom for us to understand the starting with agenda, because I think oftentimes people don't go into that potential partnership with an agenda. They underestimate the time that they individually were processing and thinking and ideating and coming up with their version of what was going on. And they've jumped into kind of a solution mode of this is what we need to solve that. And then they go into a relationship and or a partnership or a school and they're ready to go into a solution. And that school leadership hasn't been part of that ideation or understanding why they got there. And then there's this friction, frustration. And all of a sudden we're having a conversation. You're speaking French. I'm speaking Spanish. Yeah. We might want the same thing, but we only know certain words and then it gets frustrating. And then all of a sudden the potential partnership falls apart. That's kind of what we experience. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really true. And I think, you know, again, a partnership is built on a relationship and it's two-way. It's two different groups, right? right? And hopefully right. in the end, we'll actually create a village. So that that complicates it a little bit more, but it also strengthens it. It means that there's this little group of people who all have something wonderful to bring to the table but if you start with agendas or solutions before you ask the question, you never get to the creative part, which is how can we solve problems together? Right, right. So if you were to describe the School Connect model, because really what you have done and what School Connect has done is put together a model to kind of bridge this gap or be the interpreter between the Spanish speaker and the French speaker. Mm-hmm. How would you present or describe that model for someone who's never experienced it or maybe has, but doesn't know it to the level that they should? Yeah, I mean, I think that we always start with the educator, with the principal of a school and and really understanding who their school is, getting to know the school, understanding things like how many students and what grade levels and what is their free and reduced lunch rate and do they have multiple languages and do they have a homeless population? What about special needs? How is their staff? Are they understaffed? You know, all those kinds of things. You get to know them. Then you really help. We work with principals to train them to be clear about what's your strategic plan? What is it that you're trying to accomplish in your school? And we usually know that it is somehow within the buckets of teacher retention, supporting educators, the school culture, Uh, parent engagement and academic achievement. And so we're always asking them, man, if you know that you have these wonderful potential partners who come to your school and say, 
We want to serve. We want to give in some way that is true to us that the school needs. Then make sure that you really do understand what it is that you need. Uh, because, of course, wonderful volunteers are in short supply and you want to make sure that those volunteers feel like uh, they're wanted and valued and they have something to offer. Right. And then uh, the goal then is we have a model, which is called the CAFE, which stands for Community and Family Engagement. And that's really a two-way conversation between core stakeholders who are in the neighborhood, so business, faith, nonprofit, government, who come to one table with the principal and build partnership. They build relationship. They determine, kind of matchmake, what organization has something great to offer that the school needs. And you matchmake that and you create engagement that becomes long-term and sustainable. And hopefully every partner feels like they're getting to serve in ways that are true to them, but they're also accomplishing some of their goals in the process of that. And the school actually starts seeing those metrics I just described change. They start retaining teachers. They start having a positive school culture, less bullying, less negative discipline behavior, parents more involved, um, and of course, academic achievement, which is the ultimate goal for schools. So that kind of is a little picture of how we're trying to engage the whole village around a school. So it really goes back to that initial thing of we have to have relationship. We have to understand each other. We have to be willing to be honest. And if someone says, hey, I want to give you 10,000 backpacks and the principal's like, I love that, but that's not going to help us. And just be honest to say that because the last thing that you want is to receive those backpacks and then they don't get used the way that they the, the, the partner wanted them to get utilized. And then there's frustration and and so it begins with the ability to be honest, but to be honest, you have to have relationship. Right. And I think that's what you're really talking about here is oftentimes we think we have relationships because we have kids in the school or because we're aware of that, but we really truly don't have the type of relationship that's necessary to make a significant difference in the school. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I love about the cafe model is that you get a lot of influential leaders around a table who are all aligned relationally, re aligned with the goal. And all of a sudden they start having resources that maybe they have this piece, but they don't have the other piece, but someone else has the other piece. Yeah. And it becomes this puzzle that everyone realizes they all have pieces they didn't realize they had, but when they start putting them together, it creates this picture and this outcome that really probably wasn't thought about initially when each person sat down. Yeah. Would you agree? And I, I feel like one of the things that is so cool about what you're saying is everybody gets changed in that process. So an example would be I was working with a school where they were really wanting a sensory room for their special needs students, right? Students that might have autism, for example. And I had no idea what a sensory room was. I didn't even understand the value that was happening there. But it was really cool to see because the principal was able to kind of cast the vision for us to go, this is the value. This is why um, a, a child could really benefit from having all these different kinds of uh, sensory objects on walls. And, and we don't have that yet. We need that. And then it was cool to see there was a Lowe's there. And the Lowe's manager said, well, I think we could provide, you know, a whole bunch of the stuff. And then there was a faith community partner who said, well, we've got lots of volunteers that could do that as well. And then there was the teacher of the special ed class 
who was able to come in and say, okay, this is the design that we're going to do. And this is why by the time we walked out, having created a sensory room for special needs kids at the school, we all understood the need of the kids and the beauty of what we had just done like we had never understood before, right? And so all right. of us were changed by that process and uh, we all felt like we were a part of something really important. And to your point earlier, you produced an end product that everyone was excited about and was really necessary for that school to make some advancements and some goals that they had. And and that's a great story and and all of us want that outcome but what we don't realize is it starts with us. So it starts with the individual who's sitting down at that table. And so when you think about that, and what would be maybe two things that you would challenge our listeners to really apply to themselves um, whenever they come into those conversations? So what's the mindset that I should have whenever I'm going to meet with the school for the first time, or I'm going to participate in the cafe that will help me be a better effective partner around that table. Because at the end of the day, I only can change me. Mm-hmm. I can't change anybody else around the table. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about listening and empathy, but I think it's, you know, in any relationship, it's really easy, even if we really care about the person to kind of solve their problems for them. Like instead of asking, instead of using empathy to understand their process, we might be really jumped to, to quick, quickly jump in and say, well, this is what you should do. I'm going to solve your problem for you. Instead of asking those questions, using empathy. Um, and, and then I guess I would say um, all the diverse voices that are present in a community are valuable. Um, it's great to listen to parents who have special needs kids because I'll tell you, as, as someone who does not have special needs kids, they have a perspective about what their kids need, about how they feel as parents that is so crucial for me. If I'm a community member trying to support that school and those kids, I need to learn from them and not just kind of assume that I know uh, because we don't know. And all those different perspectives are really valuable if we value them and if we listen to them. Um, so that, that takes like some self-control, like, you know, even with good intention, we can jump too quickly. And sometimes we need to stop and um, ask the question and, and then, you know, look for the common ground. I think a lot of times when people have different perspectives from us, we think, oh, well, you know, that they're just different and I won't interact with them. But that's, that doesn't actually produce something wonderful. <laughs> right. What produces something wonderful is thinking, what's, what do we have in common that we need to work on? And then every voice at the table helps us focus on that thing. And I would say in schools, that means the center is kids. What is best for right. kids in this school? And what's best for kids in this school may not be what's best for kids in the next school down the road or the high school or the middle school. Yeah. And so it's really important to make sure that you're looking at it through the lens of that school and not generalizing kind of a solution. The other thing that I think which I think you're we're both saying the same thing, but I think I would use the word curiosity is really make sure that you tap into your curiosity yeah. factor yeah. whenever you're having those initial conversations um, and, and make sure that you're really spending the time being curious to understand and maybe 
to either validate or not validate your perceptions going into the conversation. I think one of the biggest things that I learned going through the master's program at a very high level was I would write papers and it would be, well, I feel this is the way things should be, or my perception is X, Y, and Z. And I had a professor who said, you know, at this level, it's not about what you feel. It's about how you can back it up with research and facts and very specific information to demonstrate that what you're saying is in fact something that people should listen to. Yeah, data-driven, data-driven decisions, yes. Right, right. And oftentimes when we go into schools, we're going into it based on what we feel or what we perceive, and we don't take the time to be curious to really kind of check that box. And that's really helpful. Um, The other thing, there's, there's one other thing that I think was really interesting that you kind of challenge us to think about as we go into these conversations around connecting what we talked about, but also what goes on and what's important to us, maybe our biases. How does that impact this whole conversation? How should we really examine that perspective mm-hmm. when we're thinking about approaching schools? Yeah, I, I think that, and you know, an example of that would be uh, we all agree that we want parents really involved in their kids' education, right? We want them to know what is happening and make sure that they have what they need to be successful. But I think there are some situations where um, there are parents in in communities who are struggling with language. They can't speak English. They don't have really great jobs or they're working several jobs just to make ends meet. And we can kind of assume that if they don't show up at the school ready to kind of participate the way we think they should, that they're an unengaged parent or that they don't care. And that's not true. Um, so often those parents really care. They're, they're just not able to do it in the way that looks obvious, right? To somebody on, on the right. outside. And so right. they love their children. They really care about that. Um, but they may not be able to, they might work nights. They might work several jobs or all these different elements of that, um, I think are true. And so understanding that there are our personal experiences, of course, are just how we were raised and what our experience is. So there's nothing wrong with those things. It's just really wise to recognize, oh, I come from this background. And so that's why I, I tend to see things this way. Uh, but that other person who is quite different from me comes with a different background or a different culture, or a different language. And they have a very valuable um, experience and perspective to offer. And that helps us overcome, you know, those those uh, preconceived ideas that we we tend to all have. Right. So it's really making sure that when we come up to the table to partner with a school, that we really look at our own bias and that we really ask ourselves, are we prepared to sit at a table with people who are radically different from me, maybe in their faith beliefs in their um, any belief systems, are we comfortable and willing to partner with them and not let those things get in the way of what's best for kids? Yeah, right? yeah. it goes back to that. What's our agenda? I, right? I even have to laugh because there's so many subtle things. I was at a I was at a Love Our Schools Day at Sunset Canyon Elementary, um, and they had a lacrosse team. So it was a high school level lacrosse team who was really successful. They were there at the school helping the elementary kids experience lacrosse. And it was kind of funny because the man who owns the lacrosse team was telling me 
that, that a lacrosse team is usually viewed as something that is very expensive and only a few people get to participate in. He was trying mm-hmm. to break that preconception, right? And right, give right. people the understanding, no, this is a great sport and you don't have to always have tons of money to be involved in it. And of course, they were they were at a Title I school where they were giving an opportunity for all these kids to get to experience this sport that almost never is played here in Phoenix and at elementary schools, right? And so I just really appreciate that always having these new experiences and encouraging schools and partners to be open to uh, what can happen if you really, really listen and open yourself up. So you shared many stories um, and you, I know that you have tons of stories to share about the, how this model has impacted schools. And so what other story could you share to kind of demonstrate the power of the model to really encourage our listeners to take heed yeah. to what we're saying mm-hmm. and to apply it? Yeah. Well, I, I had the great joy of getting to go to a Love Our Schools Day with Jerry Withers, a principal at Sunset Canyon um, in the Paradise Valley School District. And I hope to have him on a podcast. He's done incredible work. But I got to kind of be there in person and see um, an orthodontist group was serving the school. They were painting. And then I walked into the hallways and there were there were all these um, partners and and. Um, educators were cleaning out all the closets, like the entire school seemed to be being organized and cleaned out. I then walked into the library and there were parents and kids and they were all writing all these cards, the whole staff of the school. Then I went outside and there was the, the president of a construction company and he was using funding that the Lowe's store had given in a grant to be able to build, I think it was a shade structure. And then I turned the corner and there was the Lowe's manager himself. He had come to do Love Our Schools Day and he was helping to kind of dig a trench for something that they needed. And then I went around another corner and there were faith community partners who were digging out the grass to plant a garden, to make a garden. And then I walked out onto that, the sports field of the school and there were high school kids who were teaching elementary kids how to play lacrosse. And I was just kind of blown away. There had to have been at least 100 people, maybe 150 of that school, all doing different things from different different businesses, faith communities, nonprofits, et cetera. And um, I was just, I, I loved it. It was that, the kind of variety that you hope for. Right. And it's exactly what we're talking about in this conversation. I, you know, I guarantee probably many of those went into that situation with a different vision or a different idea of what needed to be done. But it sounds like, they invested the time to be curious. They left their bias and their agenda at the door and they really focused on what the schools needed. Um, and I think it's important, you know, as we continue to kind of go into a new year, um, that we continue to hear these stories to validate the model. And I think I love the fact of having Jerry on here in the next couple of months. So hopefully we can make that happen. He's a great partner and does great things uh, at his school and is a super uh, supporter of School Connect. So I'm excited about that potential. I think, you know, as we wrap up today's conversation, the big the big takeaway is, you know, oftentimes we go into the new year and we think I'm going to change some things. I'm going to have a resolution, whatever the case might be. And what, what my hope is, is that today's conversation motivates community partners to think differently when they approach schools and also motivates schools to understand that community partners are just trying to figure this out. They, they mean well. Yeah. We all want the same end in mind. It's a matter of finding the common ground and the right pathway to get there that respects both sides. And hopefully today's 
uh, nuggets that you have shared um, allows that to happen more effectively and be is able to see other schools benefit from the cafe model. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I, I just think that if you think about there being a school in every neighborhood, man, what would happen if all these neighborhoods start working together on, you know, at the right. school and they get to know each other? I'm thinking in the end, not only will schools do better and better, but neighborhoods will. And people will right. find that they have community, they have connection right. and they have purpose. And, and I love that. I agree. Well, I'm super excited about this next year and all the things that we have coming down the pike when it comes to things School Connect is doing and our future guests. So um, as we end every podcast, we're going to kick off this conversation with please share this podcast with your friends and family and your colleagues. So go to social media, share the podcast um, and, and use this as a tool to open conversations and to, as a conversation starter. Maybe send it to your local principal if you haven't had any conversations and just say, hey, listen to this. What do you think about this? How could we apply this? What is the second thing that you would say, Tracy, that we want to remind our listeners? I, I just think volunteer um, in schools. I don't, I don't care what kind of school it is. You know, it could be any kind of right. school that might be near you. But there are um, incredible people who are there and a whole community that you can impact if you volunteer there. So we sure hope that right. you'll jump in that opportunity. And if you don't want to volunteer at a local school, we'd love to have you volunteer with School Connect. So reach out to us and let us know what your passion is and how you might be able to serve School Connect. You can send us an email at info at schoolconnectaz.org. The next thing is, you know, as you start planning your financial investments and your giving for the new year, would you consider making School Connect a part of that? Maybe a monthly gift that you can invest into School Connect. We have so much potential, not only locally, but nationally. And, and really, we're limited by the funding that we have to be able to act on these opportunities. So um, if you're interested in exploring ways that you can partner financially with School Connect, again, you can go to our website at www.schoolconnectaz.org and you can make a donation there, either one time or reoccurring. Or if you want to have a deeper conversation, send us an email at info at schoolconnectaz.org. And Tracy and I would love to jump on a call and explore how we can partner with you. And the final thing, Tracy, that we always encourage. Raise School Connect to your community. Exactly. All right. As you said earlier, every community has a school. So really anybody listening to this podcast um, has a potential school who could benefit from the model of School Connect. And so we want you to reach out to us. Let us help you bring the model. There's no need for you to go through all the battle wounds and scars that we've gone through to get to this point. Let us help you learn from what we've learned and apply it faster. And so you can see the benefits in your local community. And if you're interested in that, if you could send us an email again at info at schoolcatdaisy.org. I'm not sure who gets those emails, but hopefully they're going to be flooded with emails in the new year. Flooded. That's what we want. Love it. Love it with emails yeah. and partnerships. Well, Tracy, again, I appreciate you investing the time to to share the model, to go deeper. And uh, I'm just, I'm really excited about this next year. And I just, I want to say thank you to you for what you personally invest in the organization, the vision that you have for students through communities and how that impacts not only the Arizona schools, but how it's impacting things nationally. So thank you. Until next time, keep connecting. Thank you for listening to the School Connect podcast and for being part of our village. Be sure to follow, review, and share this podcast on your chosen platform. 
because more collective voices equal more progress for our kids. If you're interested in finding out more about School Connect and seeing how you can make a difference, go to schoolconnectaz.org for more information.